two very special guests here in the studio, Rue, Will Frogley, Master Builders Association CEO. And they've launched a new initiative called Rise, and we might just get Will to actually tell us all about it, rather than me read about it. Will, thanks for coming in. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Dids. Tell us all about Rise. What is it? Well, Rise is really a, a service to support South Australia's building construction industry. It's generally known as a well-paid industry, but it is quite a tough industry to work for, uh, work in, yep. like long hours, hard work are the norm, and there's a lot of stresses, particularly at the moment. So with the support of the state government, Master Builders able to run the Rise program, which Anyone in the industry, regardless of whether they're a Master Builders member or not, can book a free one-on-one session with a, basically a coach in, in, in any number of expert areas. You can jump on the website, which is uh, rise.mbasa.com.au, and basically you select, there's about 10 coaches you can pick, and ones like, for example, Chris, if you're coming back to work from a serious injury or illness, uh, he's a great person to go and see. Mm-hmm. If you're having stresses running your business, if you're looking for better work-life balance, um, you know, if you're having trouble with drugs and alcohol, gambling, whatever it might be, we've got an expert wow. coach you can you can book in with, and it's free for everyone in South Australia's in the industry. Yep. So take it up; it's a great service. So you're talking about Chris Blows here, who we haven't met yet. Good morning, Chris. How you going? Yeah, he's an ambassador for Rise. We'll we'll talk to Chris in a moment. But he's got one of the most amazing stories to tell. So are you suggesting that during work hours or work time, people should actually get in touch with these coaches, or is it something you go away and and do outside of work? How does it all? Come yeah, you together? can you can book a session online on the website. You just select the coach. You see the calendar. It's you see an available time. It simply yep. is just booking it. It can be you can do it via uh, online if it's out of hours. Sometimes you can do it during in person. Uh, whatever suits your circumstances. Talking with Will Frogley from the Master Builders Association here in South Australia. Rise uh, is a new initiative uh, out there that they've launched to help a lot of the young men and women involved in the building industry. Uh, mental health is on the rise. We know that. But Chris Blows. Chris, you're an ambassador. For Rise, welcome to Triple M. Thanks for having me. Uh, what sorts of things do you do as an ambassador for Rise? Yeah, so as Will mentioned earlier, I you know I was attacked by a shark back in 2015, uh, which tapped. I really attacked by a shark. <laughs> oh, I you said tapped. <laughs> no, Jeez. no, attacked by, attacked by a shark back in 2015, which resulted in the loss of my leg, and I was working as a carpenter at the time. I was actually an ex-master builder and apprentice. And you know, after, I left school after year 11, and that's sort of all I knew um, was about you know, getting on the tool, tools and that's what gave me purpose, you know, being on the work site. And I was mm. told that I probably wasn't going to be able to get back into building as I wouldn't be, it'd be too unsafe to climb up and down ladders. But here I am back working as a carpenter, but I've had a lot of steps I've had to overcome through injury and sickness and stuff like that to get, to get, get to this point. So I suppose my um, role as an ambassador is for anyone that might be going through injury or sickness or illness that mm-hmm. is looking at getting back on the tools that there is a way because I've been to the absolute bottom and, and I'm back up working on the tools. So. I was going to ease our way into the shark attack, but you've actually gone straight to it. So yeah. <laughs> let's address that yeah, right tell now. Tell us what happened with the shark attack and tell us about the injuries you sustained. Um, so, yeah, I was surfing at a spot known as Fishery Bay at right point. And, Which is uh, where, near Port Lincoln? In Port Lincoln. It's about 35k southwest of Port Lincoln. Um, it's actually an unreal beach. You can drive on the beach and it's like perfect white sand beach, but there's two points left and right point that you can surf either side. You can also surf on the beach as well. And I was surf. There's one spot, the day I was attacked, it was, I remember that day, it was, it was really windy, really wet. And it's the only spot you can surf when it's like that is right point. And the surf was pretty average to tell you the truth. And, um, but we decided to go out anyway. Um, we just got went the dawn service the, before because we were up so early. We thought stuff would go out for a surf. Um, yeah, I was surfing for probably, probably about an hour, and then I literally got a wave and I was going back out to a spot known as a suck rock. When I got hit from the side, 
and realised I was being attacked by a four and a half, five metre white shark. So were you on your own? No, I was with my two good mates, Nick and Brock, um, and there was probably 10, other 15, 10 to 15 other surfers right. there at the time. And yeah, I screamed instantly and everyone went for the rocks because they knew it was someone screamed shark. And yeah, as it was tearing into my left side and shaking me around, and I think the underside of my board kind of protected me a little bit at first, but it still left this huge like sort of hand-sized bite marks down my left flank on, on the top section. Mm. So I lost a fair bit of blood from that, but I was then off my board and... I, at that point, I just wanted to get to the rocks and Nick and Brock, who I was surfing with, realized it was me at this stage and they actually come back out towards me to help me. And, um, God. yeah, so they, Courageous. they were right there amongst it. And mm. yeah, and I, I felt like I was making good ground and I remember I got within an arm's reach of Nick and like, I went to go grab his hand and the yeah shark just like turned on this 90 degree angle and like came charging back at me the second time. And the boys felt the surge of water before it hit me and then they, and then it popped up behind me and then they just remember like the little details, like the sensors on its nose as it breached the water and like, and it, they roll their eyes back when they bite something to protect themselves. So the boys just have that image burning in their mind as it come behind me the second sure. time. And, but, uh, cause I was off my board, it grabbed my left leg and then, you know, it dragged me through the water. Um, you know, I completely disappeared my board and everything. And the only way I got away from the shark was because it then ripped my left leg off above the knee. And so I popped up, um, but it still had my, my left leg with the leg rope and the board. So um, you could kind of see where the shark was the whole time because the, the board was just bobbing, getting towed around like a fishing float yeah. around us. Yeah. And uh, I tried to climb on the Nick's back and we uh, did, we kind of got hit by a wave and that we kind of separated a little bit. And then... Um, yeah, that was, that was that. And I think we, we got, we made it to shore. I was almost sort of going, I was starting to go in and out of consciousness at this stage. And then, um, one of the surfers who had like, was literally surfing past me as it happened, went straight in, he took his leg rope off his board and then they tied that around my stump when I got to the water's edge. Mm. So like if that went on a minute or two minutes later, there was probably no doubt that it would have bled to death. Mm. Yeah. Can I ask you about the pain involved in that sort of thing? Your body goes into fight or flight and shuts all that stuff down. So I had no pain at all until I woke up and from a coma 10 days yeah. later. Yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah. You, it's like a protection mechan mechanism or something. I don't know. It just doesn't No, There's no pain at all. all. The only thing I can remember is just not being able to breathe. I don't know whether that was with a shock or whether that was when I was getting carried up the cliff and I was maybe I had, it was, maybe it was a blood loss. Um, I, I'm not sure, but yeah, there was no pain at all. And then from that point, it went from, I felt when my body was actually starting to shut down and then I just wanted, that's when I was getting carried up the stairs and I just wanted to close my eyes and go to sleep. Well, not long after that, you know, that, that must've happened in the car when they got me, they got me in the back of my mate Nick's Land Cruiser. And I think we didn't meet the ambulance till we got about 11 kilometers down the road. Sure. So my heart had actually stopped then. And, um, yeah, the, the paramedics had to start doing CPR straight away when they got me in the back of the ambulance. So we're talking about the mental side of things here. Just what you described about being dragged backwards through the water. Yeah. Uh, still, because the rope's tangled and he's got part of the board and you. Does that come up? So you're laying in bed at night now. Do you think, <sighs> how often do you think about those things? Not, not really. I, I, I didn't get PTSD till late. So I got, I got like five years after my attack, but I never got any recounts. Like I'd wake up in the middle of the night having like, Feel like feel my whole body was vibrating in hot sweats, hearing sirens, stuff like that. But I never had any bad dreams of those sort of things. You're still you know? picturing the shark? Oh, surely yeah. you're just going. You can still see that big shark. Now, I've seen oh. five meter sharks in a cage. They yeah. are 
massive. Yeah, yeah. Surprisingly not. I just don't. It's more physical Gee. symptoms for me rather than visual. What about its teeth and all that sort of stuff? You well, don't have yeah. flashbacks? The or? tooth was stuck in the bottom of my board. So the, my board, when they went to go collect my board, because uh, it le- cause it couldn't snap the leg rope, believe it or not. Was it loud when uh, it happened? Yeah. I it was loud when it hit me. Like everyone heard it. And that's probably me screaming to tell yeah, you the truth. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it hit me really hard. You know, I remember being kind of launched out of the water. So when it hit me, it hit me with pace. You know, it wasn't just coming up for a, just a little a nibble. look. It was, it was like, it was going as fast as it could when it hit me. Yeah. <sighs> they so, are lightning fast. It yeah, must have been yeah. horrible. Now, about a fortnight ago, a lady, Pamela Cook, uh, had an, was, was attacked in Beachport. When things like that happen, what's that like for you? Oh, it's horrible. I hate hearing about shark attacks. You know, I'm glad she survived and um, hopefully she's going well with the recovery. But there was one not long ago in Elliston um, mm. of a shark attack yeah. at Walker's Rocks there. And, and it's out, speaking from the locals over there, you know, that's that spot, that Walker's Rock spot is where all the kids learn to surf. And mm. it's generally not an unsafe spot. And to hear exactly how it was, Lamana hit him on the back of the legs and then apparently, and then it turned around again, like when he was off his board and, and come back at him. And, but then, you know, it makes me realize I'm very grateful to still be here. You know, it probably rattles me a little bit every time I hear it. Mm. Um, my attacks had a ripple effect on everyone. Um, not just me, but the paramedics, the, the person that had to collect my board with my legs still attached to my leg rope on the beach. Like Mm. just those little things just have, um, a really profound impact on everyone. And yeah. yeah so. so, so you get through the coma, you come out the other side, you get told you probably can't work again. Tell us what you went through and some of the thoughts you had along the way and some of the support you got and what sort of kept you on track to get back to being a, a tradie. Um, yeah, as I said, that's all I knew. I left school when I was like, just almost like I was 17 years old, 16, 17 years old. That's all I knew. And I, I struggled at school. Like I wasn't, I just like, prefer those hands-on subjects. I love mm-hmm. like doing stuff with my hands, and um, I, I found myself getting a little bit of trouble and distracting other kids in class. And I thought, sound like my son. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like school's not for everyone. And I thought, well, <laughs> tried to tried to leave school and just just to start a trade and end up doing a carpentry apprenticeship yeah. with, a, with a builder in the Adelaide Hills. As I said, that's all I knew. And when I lost my leg, and I was told that I wasn't going to be able to. Get it, go back to work as a carpenter. My first thought was, how's I going to get a job and support a family and do all these things that you have to do? The prosthetics we, we wear these days uh, do help a lot. Um, I think the first leg I wore, you know, there's no way I could do what I'm doing now on it. But um, with the NDIS um, system we've got now, they were able to get me the the right leg. You know, I went from like a ten thousand dollar leg to a hundred and forty thousand dollar leg. And wow. It knows when I'm tripping or kick something and it'll lock itself up so I don't fall. That's one of the things of being an above knee amputee is you don't, once you start falling from above the knee, you, you're gonna, if you don't have something, a leg that's going to stop you, you're going to go down because mm. yeah, you're already putting your weight into it. So having a leg that's enabled me to do that and I just slowly just got used to it and don't know any different now. So and you're close to a hundred percent for what any other trade oh, you can do? Probably, probably not. Like I can still get up on the roof and do stuff on the roof, but. Send, I t- send a younger bloke up there for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Send the apprentice up there. But. Yours. <laughs> did you have some times though when you said, oh, this is too hard, I can't get there? Like, did you go through some oh, demons yeah. there and on that, the way probably, back? Probably coming off all the pain medication in hospital and then getting home was when I, when I hit rock bottom. Because in the hospital, you have everything of a push of a button. You need like pain medication, push a button, you need anything. Yep. Um, food, push a button. And then when I got home, everything really sunk in for me and I was off all the pain medication and I had to relearn how to do all those things we take for granted. Like getting, going to the toilet in the middle of the night, I now had to do it on one leg in the dark. 
and we moved, I moved back, back up into Bauhanna, um, in mum's tiny, um, house up there and she was currently getting a bathroom reno. So I had to go out outside to this portable Sheet. toilet out there and it, I was just like stuff mm. this and that was probably my lowest point. Mm. And I realized, you know, everything was now is going to be a lot different for me in my life. Mm. And, but I had to get myself out of that mindset. I found when I was being really negative and down, I wasn't really achieving anything, mm-hmm. but Literally just trying to be grateful for the things I still had and grateful that I'm still here really helped me. Yeah. You've been back surfing? I'm back surfing. Yeah. Yep. So it took me about- Please tell me you're not. Yeah, I'm back surfing. You are back surfing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just back from California, world titles. California. (laughs) Yeah. Got back into surfing. I got inspired by other surfers around the world that are using prosthetics. And obviously it was pretty hard for me to to initially get back in the water because I had that fear of being attacked by a shark again. But once I- I, you know, I slowly just kind of eased myself in, into it and slowly got used to it. Now I'm back surfing, um, spots over in the Air Peninsula and, and it's bloody sharky over there. So <laughs> no joke. Yeah. I, I can't well, hopefully if they do have another yeah. attack, oh. they get your prosthetic leg again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, your wife, your beautiful little boy, what, what, what are their feelings about this? Uh, Chloe said when I lost surfing, I lost a part of me. So she's like, really? when she saw me get surfing back, she was like, yeah, yeah. cool. Fantastic. So she's, she's, and I can't wait to share that with my two kids as Great. well. So yeah. Now, um, you go, I, I know that you go to schools and talk a lot to yep. kids and obviously now involved with Rise. So what's your involvement with Rise as an ambassador? What, what do you do? Anyone in the construction industry has access to it and can book a, an hour session and there's lots of other ambassadors, whatever you might be going through. Will's picked, handpicked a people for drug and alcohol, bullying. It's yes. not a one size fits all. It's, yep. yeah, yeah. There's it's whatever you're going through and, and specifically mine's coming back from injury or illness. So if you you need any advice on how to get back or what to do, um, they can book an hour session with me and yep. we can sit down and have a chat and yep. yeah. I can give my advice as well. It must make you feel fantastic to be able to do that, Chris, and uh, inspire others and guide others and steer them through tough times. It's one of the best things you can do in life, and and uh, it's a, a great success story. If you're able to come back from you know such a traumatic experience and now uh, get people uh, to be successful in their life, you must make you feel really good. Yeah, absolutely. That's you know I love helping other people. It's helped me with my recovery. Recovery, so. Yeah, I love getting up and talking to people about my story and, yeah, and hoping that it can help other people as well. Will Frogley, Master Builders, thanks for coming in. Well done with Rise that you've yeah. launched. It's a great initiative. It really is. And Chris Blows, Ambassador for Rise, thanks for sharing your story. It's amazing. amazing. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Dits. Thank thanks, Rue.